I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, May. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing today? How's Sydney going? I'm good. I'm excited that we're on episode two of Football Chat with May and Kat. It's very exciting. We made it so far. I know. Does episode two mean that we've made it? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, I think cool. that's the milestone. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. So let's get let's get straight into it. I uh, I feel like fantasy football has taken up a lot of my time today in the sense that every moment where I've not been working, I've been just going through all of the different fantasy groups that I'm in and just looking with envy at everyone who thought to captain KDB or Salah or anyone who's not Vardy because I'm really upset about my decision. <laughs> so I was about to ask who did you captain and I remembered it was Vardy. He didn't do badly, but in comparison to, to 14 points from Salah or KDB, it, it really pulls you behind, doesn't it? Look, let's just say I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. This person knows who they are, but they told me to do it. And uh, I really need to just trust my instincts. I need to go with, you know, I've got Egyptian blood. This happens time and time again where I defy my, my origins and I decide to do something different. I'm not, I'm not here for the Vardy party. Like I am Salah all the way and I should have just picked Salah. You know, I actually thought about selling Kane and buying Vardy because he's a little bit cheaper. And I, my thought process was look at how they played against Fulham last week. And, I, yeah, okay, they were versing Sheffield United, but I couldn't I, – I just couldn't back them. I still – I can't back Leicester right now. I know they're, they're kind of up the top of the ladder as well, but – they're very, I don't know, they're confusing me. I don't know how to take them right now. Uh, so that stopped me from, from buying Vardy. Um, I don't know, you lose to you lose to Fulham and you lose my trust. Okay. that And that, I think, is a fair statement to make. And one that, you know, maybe we should have had this conversation last week and I wouldn't have fallen into <laughs> Yeah, his... maybe you should have asked me who you're the captain. Although, yeah. if I had told you to captain Salah, he probably would have been on the bench because my... My advice usually goes the wrong way. Yeah. For those who don't know, May is famous for uh, making... Bad decisions. (laughs) But but decisions that on paper should work, but then ultimately they seem to fail you. And uh, so no one really wants to do what May's doing. (laughs) I try really hard as well because I put put so much time into into the stats and and looking at who's done what and the, uh, I guess, the match difficulty and everything I really really think about it and you're right the the advice I give or the thoughts I have on paper should make sense but they don't um and it does end up with some frustration on my part a lot of the time and also on the part of anyone who decides to listen to me uh but well that's tends to happen I did okay this week though 
Uh, of those people who you were jealous of climbing up the ladder. Was yeah. I one of them? Yeah, because you passed me. You've passed me in two groups now. And uh, I'm okay with that. May and I are only female representation in all of the groups that we're a part of. And for that, I'm proud of you. You know, like go for gold, Thanks. really go for gold. <laughs> but I wish it was the two of us climbing at the same time. You feel me? I do. And you'll you'll come back up. I right. think we'll we'll make our way to the top of the ladder together. Okay. Uh, it sounds like a plan to me. I, I think despite so I think I got if there's still there's still two matches tonight or one or two matches tonight, but I, I'm on I think seventy something points at the moment. Which... You're on seventy three points and uh Okay. You're climbing. You're climbing. <laughs> Uh, well, at the same time, all I can think was I was tossing up whether to tell Sun or Zayech and all the football pundits that I listened to last week, because this is what I do in my spare time, <laughs> all said they were kind of, they've lost their backing in Zayech. They don't think he's doing too much. And I still thought, no, I want to keep him. I don't know. I think I have a soft spot for him. I think I really liked him when he was at Ajax and... All right. um, I like the way he plays. I don't know, maybe because he's Moroccan. I just, I must have a soft spot for him. So I kept him. Yeah. Well, I have, I don't have a soft spot for Ziyech right now uh, whatsoever, because I'm looking at one point on my, on my team and (laughs) doesn't sit so well well with me. My soft spot has turned pretty hard pretty quickly (laughs) because if I had a sole team instead of Sun, I'd be mid eighties with one player still to go. So I'm, He's out. He's out for me. I mean, yeah. obviously, he's also injured. So that oh plain and simple. He's got to go this week. Yeah. But he's he's the cause of my frustrations this Fair week enough. because I would have been twelve at least twelve points, I think, above where I am. Uh, it also I also spend way too much over analyzing my own movements. <laughs> um, and if I had of swapped Ziyech instead of Sun, then it wouldn't have left me with enough money to make a second transfer and I wouldn't have taken that four point hit, which would have actually had me higher up as well. So So I I mean (laughs) we can't go back in time. So let's just you know, let's just be considerate of those who are on far less points than than you are. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I mean, I had a terrible start to the season and I'm working really hard to make up for it. So this is... Well, you're doing well. I I understand. I think we're seeing... I think what's really cool is we're seeing a change in all of the rankings. So for for the first couple of months, there really were just that dominant group at the top. And it's quite funny how we're seeing a lot of those guys who have just been making steady moves each week they're finally kind of getting up there and I wish I was a part of that group and I think you are a part of that group which is really cool because you do put in the time and effort and fantasy is one of those things it takes time it takes research I think a lot of people listening probably don't know much about it because it's not I don't think it's as widely played here as it is overseas and whatnot but no definitely not it's super fun. Um, it's not as tactical as other forms of fantasy. You know, if you play NFL or if you play NRL, I think it's a lot more about looking at holistic decisions rather than like individual plays week by week. You want to be looking at players who are going to serve you well over X amount of time. 
And I think it's where I go wrong is I make those more temporary decisions. And so I'm usually taking a hit or I'm just finding that I might get some good points out of someone one week and then they're not as useful to me the next. But that's just a learning for me. So it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. And I I always, the the friends I try to convince the player, I tell them you don't really need to to be watching every single game to play. You can look at the stats, you can read feedback to try and get convince them to get on board. Uh, but it is it is a lot of fun. Yes. I, I enjoy um, it and it takes up a lot of my spare time, as I said before. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So speaking of a lot of fun, the games, <laughs> I mean, obviously the games that have impacted our fantasy, um, which we have been indirectly talking about this entire time, Another really interesting weekend of football. I'm going to start off by saying I'm so glad that Liverpool won a beautiful win. 4-0. It's safe. It's a safe win. We love it. Well beyond a safe win. That is a that is a, a thrashing for the, mm. for Wolves. I know. It's great. Any any takes for you on some interesting plays that have happened? I mean the obvious would be the goal scored by Son that was Stunning. Yes, that one was stunning. But I also really liked the second goal, which Kane scored. It and the play that led up to it. Uh, it's um, I guess more. It was a counter attack, and then I think Kane started the play, and then came back and uh, came up and actually scored the goal as well. Uh, so that one, I I really liked that one as well. Uh, I think this kind of went a bit unnoticed, but. Trent's Trent Alexander Arnold's cross that mm-hmm. led to the own goal. Oh yeah, I, that, that was probably my highlight of the match <laughs> last night. It just curved around and it was fantastic. And no wonder um, I, I can't remember which defender it was. I think it was Semedo. Yeah. Um, no wonder he couldn't couldn't control it properly, and it ended up in the goal. Yeah, but I think that was probably my favorite my favorite moment from last night. Let's just talk about own goals for a second. Have you ever scored one? <laughs> I have twice. Oh, really? Twice. Nice. Yeah, and it's it was heartbreaking. Both of them, I think, were off corners, mm. and uh, I think one came off my um, one came off my head. I think and went into the goal. I can't remember the other one. Oh, no. um, they were both in the same season as well, and Rough. it's the worst feeling. But it hasn't happened again. That was years ago. I think I would have been, I don't know, maybe been 10 years ago, actually. Okay, so you've recovered. Yeah, I haven't scored yeah. one since, thankfully. That's that's good news. I don't think that I have. I mean, I've had stints as a keeper in, you know, when my keeper's not there or whatever. I felt like I was often encouraged to step into that position because when you play all girls, some people are really scared of the ball. Um, don't blame them, don't blame them at all. But that means that those who aren't as scared of the ball end up in goals. And I just, I always empathise with the keepers because in my opinion, there is like no worse a feeling when you're on the pitch than letting a goal in, whether it's through an own goal or because you're the keeper and you couldn't save it. It's terrible feeling. It's terrible. It it, it really, really is. And I don't know. I think the only real I've stepped in as keeper a couple of times. I actually started when I first started playing football. I was a keeper, and I moved out of that. But 
yeah, that was, any I was really reason. good as well. I, my, as an eight-year-old, oh, I think I was nine. As a nine-year-old, I was a fantastic keeper. Um, but you, you just have to re- remind yourself or remind the people who step in as keeper that it's gone past 10 players before it's gone past you. So don't, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, that statement uh, unless, is true. Unless but... there are the cases... There are those cases where it is actually the keeper's fault. And we all think of one guy, don't we? Because I know I do. Oh, man, I I suspect you'd be thinking of two people. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah, but someone even worse than that. Same team, though. Yeah. Carrius, I think, for any Liverpool fan. You know what? I I was obviously angry, annoyed, whatever, all of the emotions. But like I said... It's a tough position because just because it's ended up in your space because 10 players have have gotten it there, it doesn't make you feel any better about letting it in the net. So, No, and particularly for those key games, uh, nothing more key than a Champions League final, but (laughs) I couldn't imagine. (laughs) You know what? Actually, I can't imagine, but... I, I kind of regret bringing it up because it's um it's not it something I really hurts. want to talk about. I think this is a pretty instrumental week in, I suppose, the, the year that we've had, the 2020 kind of football COVID season. The fact that they're finally letting some crowds back in the stadium. And I was listening to another podcast this morning, the Football Ramble, and they were... I, I love that podcast, by the way. But they were talking about how... they heard the real crowd sounds and thought to themselves, wow, that sounds weird. (laughs) And then realised it wasn't a weird recording. It was actually just what a real crowd sounds like because we're so used to this artificial sound, we've forgotten what real people screaming sounds like. It sounds really good, though, to be honest. The the few matches I watched over the weekend where there were crowds in the stadium uh, because for those of you that aren't in the UK and don't know, there are still tier requirements, so not every city can have crowds in stadiums. And, for example, Manchester is in the highest tier and they're not allowed fans. But the games I watched that did have fans back in, it felt really nice and it it sounded nice and you could see them and, it, and when Liverpool scores in front of the Cop and yeah. Arsenal... Win, sorry, not Arsenal. Arsenal lose uh, at at Spurs home ground. It's and the fans are actually there after not being there for nine months. Yeah. It's it sounds really nice. If, I mean, you feel it as well. Yeah, and so what a game really to cool. what a game to go back to, like the North London know, right? derby. Unreal. That would have been such an unreal experience for those fans. I loved yeah. seeing Klopp come out at the end of our win. And he did his, like, signature kind of cheers at the crowd. And it was just magic. I had this huge grin on my face. Not just because we won. It's seeing that real, raw reaction to everything. And it's that human side of the game that we've gone without for so long. It's so nice to see it back. And for me, it's it's priceless. It's such a priceless part of the game. It really is. And the... The, the players, the clubs, the fans, everyone acknowledges it. So it was obviously something that 
everyone was dying to get back. I do also want to comment on what happened at Millwall as well, because in that case, it's not so great for the fans to be back in. So, no, it's uh, terrible. As I mean, as anyone who's been watching watching football, you see that players are taking a knee at the start before the game starts, before kickoff every match, uh, in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. And Millwall versus Derby County on the weekend, and the Millwall fans booed while the players took a knee, which is horrible. But I think there's several points to that that frustrate me more than just the fact that they booed. But it's they've been given this privilege to finally go back into the stadium, something that they've been longing for for a long time, something that gives hope at the end of this pandemic, uh, something that a lot of other people didn't have the opportunity to do and really wish they could have. Yeah. And they've kind of just, I don't know, ruins that, ruined that moment. Uh, it's, it's a bit, it's, I mean, it's horrible to say the least. But the other point that I noticed is Millwall made, the club made a statement and in that statement that they said they've been working on their reputation and they do put so much effort to try and lift the reputation of the club and these things counteract that and take it back. Uh, and at the same time, Wayne Rooney, who manages Derby, he, he also made a comment that they anticipated something would happen when they would take the knee. They were kind of prepared for it, but they weren't prepared for that. Wow, yeah. And it goes to show that the club itself are trying to avoid things like that happening. The opposition are aware that this is what's going to happen when you come to versus club. Um, but it's just so disappointing to read about and hear about and that that your fans could be anti, anti-racism. Absolutely, yeah. So, no, it's, it's... yeah, I think that's the one disheartening part about fans being back in the stadium this week. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, Millwall is an example of a team that's kind of gained a reputation for violence. Imagine being a person of colour and and being booed at. And, I mean, Australia also is, as fans maybe, we haven't faced that, that Adam Goods has has copped racism in his career as well as an AFL player. Uh, So Australia isn't, uh, I guess free of that absolutely that kind not. of behavior either yeah absolutely not in fact it was really interesting just on another note on the weekend the wallabies played and they did a rendition of the national anthem that included um, indigenous lyrics and i knew it would have an interesting reception i knew it wouldn't be received the same way by everyone but it definitely did have a mixed reaction. I think those who, like myself, who grew up, you know, I've always wanted us to feel, I wanted us to recognise those communities the same way that other countries recognise their Indigenous communities because I feel that's where Australia really falls short a lot. I think we have a lot of representation in sport, but I think in a lot of other industries there's little to no representation. But it was interesting, you know, big high-profile figures speaking up saying it's not, it wasn't even that great of an initiative. There was a small band-aid on an array of, yeah. of deeper set problems that we have. And I guess it's a wake-up call for everyone, isn't it? 
yeah completely but it, it does still exist and I mean it was it was a year ago that uh the England against Bulgaria match where the crowd were I can't I didn't actually watch it but there was all this racism and the game almost got cancelled and uh but that was only a year ago and this is happening at Millwall on the weekend and things it's still unfortunately it's still embedded in a lot of people's viewpoints and uh, I think while while people can say that it's a small action to do something such as putting Indigenous lyrics in the national anthem or at the same time taking a knee at the start of the game yeah. you know what does that really what does that really do but it, it shows I guess solidarity it shows support it shows that the industry is is behind it and doesn't accept it uh, totally but in saying that if they don't accept it I, I don't know I don't know what's going to happen to these fans do they get their fan privileges taken off them do they get banned from games because i'm pretty sure that's the requirement now for for any racism in a games the band the band the, plant, the fans that uh were partaking in it yeah. uh, so i think it's one thing to show solidarity for it but it's also calling out uh, the people that uh don't support it calling out the fans that are causing the problems and and making sure that they're the ones that are hurting from it and not the players or the minorities that are being the ones being affected. Against. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think even like your highest profile players like Balotelli experienced so much racism during their careers. What we're seeing are systemic changes in in the way that, you know, the FFA and whatever do their thing. But we're not necessarily seeing changes in the communities or, you know, those certain communities where they might be more known for racist attitudes and stuff like that. We're not really seeing changes there. But, yeah, I think the more you ban the bad fans, the less public they are with their opinion in the very least. Well, we have digressed from the topics that we were going to cover today. I think that racism chat, it is so relevant that it's worth discussing But something I thought we could talk about today, given the fact that crowds are back in stadiums for the most part, sorry, Manchester United fans, we could look at, I suppose, some of our favourite experiences being in the crowd at football games, be it here in Australia or in the UK. For myself, I had some amazing experiences in Spain, but yeah, I guess I thought, let's talk a bit about it. So off the bat, We've had a few amazing experiences together. Those who know us personally would be aware of that. We've been to Liverpool together. We've been to Barcelona together. And we've been to football games in both places. And it's been amazing. May has also had the privilege of attending at least one World Cup, if not more. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But uh, two. I've attended two. Exactly. See, I knew she'd do that. I knew it was more hum- than one. Humble brag. <laughs> so I'm really interested to know, out of everything that you've kind of experienced, what what are your top experiences? The, the first game that comes to mind, uh, I've been to a few really key games that have meant a lot to me, but the first one that comes to mind just in terms of, I guess, experience was actually when I'd first moved to England. It was Manchester City against Tottenham, Champions League quarterfinal, 
wow. the second game. Uh, so it was up at, up at the Etihad. Uh, and I'd gone up with a friend's dad who was a season ticket holder. He took me along. And I think there were three goals in the first 10 minutes. And City needed to, to win by two goals to go through once Spurs had scored because of away goals. And it was just incredible because it was goal after goal after goal, back and forth. Uh, in the end, it was there was about two minutes left in injury time. The score line was 4-3 to City. City were pushing really hard to get that last goal. Aguero scores with 30 seconds left on the clock and wow. the crowd loses it. Wow. And then VAR disallows the goal because he was <gasps> offside. Uh, it was it was incredible. It was heartbreaking. I, I had honestly forgotten that I'm not a City fan. And I was so involved in the game. I was so emotionally attached to what was happening. I think being there with with a group of diehard City fans as well, you, you do kind of become a little bit attached to what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, and it was it was an incredible thing to experience. Uh, but in saying that, I have also seen really big games into the World Cup twice, and getting to see your country play on a big stage, so being able to see Australia play, being able to see Iran play, they're they're the other experiences that I wouldn't change because there's something else about having this emotional support for your country Absolutely, and yeah. seeing them do really well uh, that's that's something else that's next level that is so cool that yeah. that game the champions league game would have been wild i haven't been to a champions league game yet i've been to a couple of europas which were really fun but what i like about europa and and champions league i suppose is that you're seeing teams play each other that typically wouldn't in a in a regular sense. And so it's really cool to see how the English teams square up against the Spanish teams and, and against the Italian teams. And that's what I love about the Champions League. I'm really excited that it's the, the, the draw for the round of 16 is next week because I think you get to that point in the Champions League where things get a bit more exciting. I find that I'm never really that engaged at the start of the Champions League season, which is why I don't really get involved in the fantasy and stuff, because there's just a lot to keep track of. I love when you get down to the pointy end where, you know, the results really, truly matter. Super exciting. But I would say that one of my favourite experiences was... Look... (laughs) Going to Anfield, seeing Liverpool play was my number one experience. It's in my top 10 moments of my entire existence. So that goes without saying, but I think something that was really fun that I did is actually the last game I got to when I was in Barcelona was an Espanol versus Wolves game. Wolves, very topical. We just played them. But seeing some of those players in the flesh was so interesting to me. So Traore is like one of those players that, you know, we've all heard of him. But seeing him in the flesh... He's, he's not even human when you look at him, is he? A, he's a unit. And he's also one of the fastest on the pitch, which blows my mind because f- from a physics point of view, it makes no sense that this no. guy can have so much body mass but move so quickly. He's so, like something out of Alien vs Predator. <laughs> 
He's <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And I think I got such a thrill out of seeing players like that who, you know, typically I wouldn't I wouldn't ever see. So that was really fun. But one of my other favorite experiences was probably more so because I was with you and I was with our friend Michael, who are between you and Michael, absolute Barcelona fanatics and I think like you said being at the Spurs City game you catch on to that that electricity that energy that comes from these fans and I got that from you guys and I was so excited to be there because I was with people who cared so much about the team and obviously seeing Messi play is unbelievable seeing a bicycle kick from Suarez and I was really excited to see Suarez play for the first time as well because of his Liverpool connections, his Premier League connections. And I also believe that he is a top, top player. He's like an animal on the pitch. But when I was with my parents, I saw another game and we saw four goals from Messi. So we saw a hat trick and then he decided to get another. And I was just thinking to myself... Just for fun. <laughs> This is unreal. He actually scored his 1,000th goal for Barcelona in that game. So it was... That's a ridiculous number. Ridiculous, but so awesome to say that I was there for it. And my dad, who's not a huge football fan, still tells people that all the time. He's like, yeah, well, I saw Messi's 1,000th goal. <laughs> That's very... Um, Watching Messi play is, is just absolute magic. I've seen him play for Argentina twice. I saw him score ridiculous goal against Iran which I was simultaneously just devastated and happy about <laughs> uh, and I've seen him at Barcelona as well and he's he's incredible uh, to think that there's a slight possibility that he might be coming to the Premier League next season really excites me I can't imagine him coming to a game at Selhurst Park and playing but that would be one that I would no. be dying to go to. That's, I'm not going to believe that till I see that. That's one of those... Me Messi at Selhurst Park just doesn't even sound right. It's, no. it's like a god amongst mortals. How could <laughs> how could he come down to South London and be amongst all the riffraff that go there? It, it's incredible. I I just want to see it happen, but... We'll see. We'll see how next, how the end of the season goes. We will. Imagine, imagine a Messi, Ronaldo pair up at Juventus. I yeah, that's something that I think excites everyone, and to see both of them finish out their careers together like that would be really exciting. Wow. I am all for Messi. There's something about Messi moving to the Italian league that makes more sense to me. But at the same time, I am more than happy to. I'm more than happy to see him join the Premier League and see what happens because, like you said, it would be unbelievable. One thing I do do want to mention, because I thought about this as you were also talking about wanting to go to a Champions League, I think the highlight of going to a Champions League game, I've been to two, uh, but I think the absolute highlight is that they played a Champions League song at the start of the match. Magic. And... That brings me so much joy because watching Champions League growing up, that song and singing along <laughs> to the part Champions. where they say the Champions, I'm not going to do it. You can do it, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Singing along to that and then being in a stadium and they're playing it and the game is happening. And I think that was 
the most exciting moment. I mean, no, not the most exciting moment. It was a very exciting game, but I didn't anticipate that. The first time, the first Champions League game I went to, I didn't realize that they played it at the start. So when they played it, I was so excited. (laughs) And it it was this little reminder that, oh my God, you're at a Champions League game. But I get that, I get that feeling, you know, when the Champions League season starts and I hear that song, I can't even imagine what it's like hearing it in the flesh and being a part of that. That would be unbelievable. I'm very excited. It's a little, it's a very, very little thing, but it means so much. And I even, I even play the song on Spotify sometimes. If you look up Champions League song, it it will come up. Uh, I think during the, um, during the lockdown break from football, there were a couple of times where I played that song just to remind myself of what it sounded like. That's cute, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. I have a football playlist that includes that and uh, a variety of other songs that take me back, take me right back to the pitch. can almost smell the grass when I hear these songs. Amazing. Anyway, I think we should wrap it up for this week, but as always, a pleasure to talk to you, my Cyprus sister. Good luck with your fantasy team. If you need any advice, let me know. Ouch. But yeah, I will. I'll, mess- I'll, I'll message you after this. I'm now above you, which feels Okay, which mate, feels I'm going to end it now. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.